You're listening to SpartanUpPodcast.com, where we study success and everything required to create it. We interview people from all over the world that are successful, no matter how they define it. We are here, SpartanUpPodcast.com. We've got Johnny Waite, Dr. Johnny Waite on my right. We've got Sephra's Lawn Service on my left. She runs <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. All right, she doesn't run a lawn service, but she knows how to take care of a lawn if you have... I don't really she, agree with lawns, actually. They should be, they should be gardens. Good point. But now, let's move on she, to Colonel Nye. She's a wilderness expert. We were just busting her chops, and then we got Colonel Nye, who really is a special operations uh, decorated colonel who... Um, retired. <laughs> retired, who could uh, take care of business if you need business taken care of. Dell, our international correspondent, right? The redhead... That we all like. We all love her. I uh, did a great interview with um, <laughs> why, why Dan Edwards. Dan, Dan Edwards. Edwards. No, this is awesome. Yeah. I, I'm Dan Edwards. Parkour yeah, yeah. guy. About parkour. parkour. And I didn't, I, didn't know if par- I didn't know what parkour was. Did yeah. you guys know what parkour was? Yes, I did. I'm definitely. a fan. Yes, yeah. a big fan as well. I'm Marion's waiting. Why don't we, uh, hang on, we got to go around. No, no. Let's, uh, let's try again. <laughs> so we're going to go straight. Okay, cool. No, I, don't, I, I can't really go over that. Yeah. No, you can. We're going to go. Uh, no, okay. We, we should go around. Just, just like this. Put up. Step through. Like that. All right, that's parkour? You're training, man. Good stuff. Tell me more about that. So parkour is just an art of movement, really. It's an art of refining your, your sort of your body and, and your mind through adapting to space and navigating terrain and, and just sort of challenging yourself in a, in a really holistic way, you know? Did you invent it? No, I'm kind of in a sort of second generation of practitioners, I guess. Uh, it was invented in France about 25 years ago by a small group of people. Um, and it, it grew from there pretty quickly, spread to the UK and then went worldwide. Were they being chased by police? Or? <laughs> uh, they were on the fringe of society, let's say, you know, in the suburbs of Paris, the, the banlieue of Paris. So they were kind of on the, on the fringe of society anyway. But no, they just saw it as a way to train themselves, to, to explore the environment, to have fun, to have some ownership of their space, you know. Uh, and it just grew from there and became a discipline, really. So you think we're limited based on... Absolutely, man. I mean, we, we see that every day that someone comes to train, joins the classes. You know, they, they come in and they say, oh, I couldn't do this, I can't do that, I can't get over this wall. And then, well, it's even, even as silly as yeah. that was, right? I, my instinct was yeah, stop. Exactly, I'm not, yeah. right? and, and that's just because of the way we're conditioned to see our environment, to see that as a barrier. But yeah. then once you, you do one lesson, you know, that, you wouldn't even see that as a barrier anymore. You'd see it as a piece of fun, you know? When's the next time you're going to be in the UK? So I'm going back to the UK straight after this amazing trip to the Bahamas. Uh, no, 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 I'm going to India. But then after India, I'm coming back to the UK. So we got a correspondent in, uh, in the UK, Dell. She's Dr. Dell. I've heard of her. Yeah, you want, maybe you could um, show her some stuff and hang out with her for a bit. I'd be happy to. Good yeah. stuff. Good Fair seeing man. you here. All Good right. job on the wall. Thank you. So I'm in the East End of London today for Spartan Up and we are sat with a guy called Dan Edwards who owns or is the founder of Parkour Generations. Some of our viewers may not know what functional movement actually is. Can you just describe or explain what what you mean by functional movement? For us, functional movement means actually being able to use your body to achieve tasks and overcome obstacles. So, um, I mean, obviously a squat is a functional movement, right, in a way in that you're just, yes, it is a function of the human body. uh, but by itself, we, we would consider it um, we would consider it not functional enough because it doesn't actually do any, it doesn't get you around, right? The human body is designed and evolved for movement. That's the, the whole purpose of the body was is to move the brain around from one place to another. That's the entire reason any animal, any organism has uh, a body that moves it around. So, so your body is designed to be moving, um, and so functional training for us is actual skills that um, you can apply to an environment 
and overcome some sort of challenge task, obstacle, get from here to here, here to there, jump this, climb that. Um, that is functional strength or applicable strength, as we sometimes call it. Um, and anything other than that, anything broken down from that, is uh, is kind of a building block or, that may help that, may lead towards it, but by itself is not enough. And what was it about? What was it about this discipline that attracted you the most? That was damn hard. So the fact that the thing that attracted me to parkour the most was that it was well, two things. One, it was very, very physically demanding, and I trained lots of physical arts and thought I was kind of fit and strong. And I've been doing fighting arts since I was like eight, and um, thought I had good balance and all that sort of stuff. And then when I started parkour and, and started training with the, the French guys, and that, I realised that. You know, I, I, I was nowhere near their league, nowhere near as strong or as fit or as fast or as capable or as balanced or anything. Physically, I was just a, a complete a child compared to them, really, in terms of, of what I could do. Um, and through training, I realized eventually you could get to the level, and that's kind of that's what the human potential should be, right? So that was one reason. And then the other reason was, um, was fear. Was that, um, again, I got very used to, to the, the sphere I was training in. Uh, in, in combat, the sort of that, that sphere, so I became very used to fighting. I wasn't really afraid of it anymore. And then when I tried parkour the first time, I was really afraid. Like the first jump I tried to do, I was really, um, and that fear kind of, I kind of enjoyed that, the fact that this is, you know, I'm feeling afraid again, and I really, do I have the control to overcome this fear? You know, do I, can I do it? Can, can I, can I find a way to overcome this, um, this really visceral fear and actually do this, this jump? Um, and not talk about it, not train for it, not say I can do 50 pull-ups or whatever, but can I actually get from here to there with that gap, catch that wall and climb up. Um, and, uh, and I did that and, and that was kind of for me, that was like, right, I'm never, I'm never stopping training in this discipline because it's the, it's the ultimate test. What, what, have, what have you learned the most from, like you, you've talked about fear and your ability to overcome it. How have you overcome it and what have you learned? Well, you never overcome fear fully. Obviously, um, and you shouldn't, you know, because if you do get totally get rid of fear, then there's something wrong with your brain, right? Fear is a survival mechanism. Um, but as someone wisely said, fear should be like um, um, you should treat it like a cowardly friend. I, its advice might be right at times, but you wouldn't want it to run your life. So um, there's nothing wrong with listening to it here and there, but you you can't let it control or stop you from doing things you want to do. So you have to you have to get familiar with it. You have to create strategies of your own. That, um, that help you to interact with it and help you overcome it in that particular instance. But you're never going to overcome it fully. It'll come back the next time you do it or when you do a bigger jump or, or, or a different challenge of some sort. Um, so it'll never go away. But the way, the way you deal with it is the way we deal with learning anything, which is familiarity. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. So there we go. Let's, let's ask Dan Edwards how he faces these challenges. Um, well, challenge for us is, you know, I think, I think it's really important. I think people don't challenge themselves enough. So everything we do in our training is, to, is we, we look for challenges, even if they don't have to be, you know, really high or dangerous or whatever. Um, they can be very small technical challenges, but it has to be something that you are not sure you can do um, at the beginning. If you're sure you can do it, it's not a challenge, by definition, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, just, um, it's just going through the motions of doing something. So all your training, we think, or a big part of your training, should involve um, regularly, should involve you trying stuff that you're not sure you can attempt, uh, not sure you can achieve. And if you do achieve it, you then overcome the challenge. If you don't achieve it, it doesn't matter. What mm -hmm. matters is you had, had a go at achieving it, and trying to do that will push your, push your, your envelope. So... Uh, our, our, you know, the nature of challenge for us is, is really important thing, and, and we seek 
challenges for the just because they are challenges. We think you should seek adversity just because it is the harder path. That that is how you, you'll get more from that from, from choosing an easy path. So don't I, find an easy way. When, when we look at parkour, you associate it with those really big jumps off buildings. At what point? Does it not enter your mind of, you know, I'm going to fail at this. This is going to really hurt. How do you prevent that from entering your mind? Well, most of the movement challenges that we do are built up to, right? So, so people don't, it's not just about jumping off stuff and hoping you'll make it. I mean, people only, we only, we only um, allow people really and train people to do those movements when they've got the strength and the technique to be able to do it and, and, and survive it. Okay, but yes, at some stage in your training, even, even early on, even with the smaller movements, there will be fear will enter and, and will tell you, you know, Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't want to do this. Maybe it's just a jump between two walls that are four feet apart and three feet in the air. You know, A lot of people, they won't want to do that because it will be totally unusual for them and it's concrete and there's no mats and that, they'll be sort of like, oh, this is scary, I don't want to do it. But that, that's where, that's the important part of parkour is, is right, this is, you know physically you can do it. Technically you can do it. Physically you've got the distance of the jump. The only thing stopping you now is your mind. So are you in control? Is your mind in control? That's the question. Is your fear in control or are you in control of your life? That's stress. Um, and you can step down from the jump, walk away, so fine. But then uh, understand the fact that you're not really in control. So, um, and I, I want to be in control, you know, in that way. I want to know that I'm, I, I'm kind of, um, I understand myself. I think parkour is basically about self-knowledge. So um, I want to know who I am and what I can do. And what have you? And that's it. So you've learned a lot through this discipline. How do you put that into your general life? You're, you're as working as a businessman, running this parkour generations for other people. Well, I mean, parkour is, is a you know it's it's a, a metaphor for all of life, right? In, the, in that we we learn to overcome obstacles. We learn to see obstacles not as obstacles, but as something we can engage with and use as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Typically, so so we see them as just um, we see them just as they are. Not not as we don't see them as as an obstacle in terms of see it in a negative way as a barrier we just see it as that's what it is it's just a lower block stone or a set of railings now what can i do to engage with that and now once you start thinking like that you see everything else like that in life so um so do you take the difficult path in every aspect of life um do you choose I, that i think i think we choose the we choose to we choose the things that challenge us yeah we'd we're only really interested i think in most parkour practitioners and, and certainly our philosophy at parkour generations is the only we're only really bothered about doing the stuff that is challenging and we're not sure we can do and we know will will be really hard like building this place um this crazy facility we built in like nine weeks i think and nine it had weeks. it had like shipping containers in it and walls and we had to get all that knocked down and drag all this stuff in and these big concrete and build everything and it was about a team of about 10 guys that did that and we and we had to do it by a certain date for the opening and we weren't sure if we could do it like, oh it's gonna be crazy but we did it it was like 24 hours a day for like nine weeks did, um, did you ever at any time in your life think i can't do this um, any, in any challenge. Mm. Um, Is there anything ever just, you know, have you ever failed at anything and learned from it? <laughs> I'm sure I failed at loads of things. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, we, I mean, it depends how you see failure, right? I mean, just because you don't achieve something the first time doesn't necessarily mean you failed it. It just means that you've, you, you haven't quite got there yet, you know? So, and, and failure is vital. Uh, repeated failure is vital before you succeed. So, and certainly in parkour, when we're training a new jump or a new movement, most of the very rarely will you get it first time. Very rarely. So, most of the time will be you know one, two, three hours trying to repeat that movement, and then you get it, and then you're like, okay. So all that stuff wasn't failure. It was all necessary in the path of success. So it's just part of success. And what does success look like to you? What is success? I think success is obviously probably defined on an individual basis but I would say um, my definition of success would be um, uh, being 
happy with the choices you make and working towards the goals you want to achieve. I think you need to be kind of autotelic or like self-purposed. Um, and if you are able to make your own choices to what you want to achieve and then work towards it, as long as you're on that process, I think you've succeeded. Um, as long as you're content with the choices you've made. How far you get along the process I think is irrelevant. Um, and what that, what that path or goal or final aim is, is also irrelevant. Um, I think it's down to um, are you content on the path you've chosen? And if you are, then you're probably succeeding in general at life. And what really motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, well, every day, you know, we do this. So we do what we love. And I think the, um, I think the old maxim applies, right? If you find, find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So I think if you do what you, if you, do what you love to do and you, uh, and you go towards that 100%, you don't care about the consequences, you don't care about whether it's reasonable or, or sensible or anything like that. You just say, well, this is what I love doing, I'm going to do it every day then you will want to get up for it, you'll be happy doing it, and you'll go to bed happy. No matter what happens, no matter where you're sleeping, no matter how much money you've got, all that rubbish, um, you'll be happy because you know, you've chosen to do the thing that makes you happy. I think it's rocket science being, being happy. I think pursue something, that, that, that pursue a purpose that means something to you, and the default, the sort of byproduct is happiness. Pursue happiness, and you, you'll never get there, right? Because it's, it's a completely kind of intangible thing. It doesn't mean anything, the word. But to pursue a purpose that you have, that you want to achieve, and happiness will just be a byproduct of that pursuit. Um, and so this, that's what gets me out This here. outlook that you have, do you think it's something that you've had integral to yourself, or is it something that people can learn? Absolutely, you can learn it. I mean, I, I guess I read a lot when I was young growing up and, and did lots of stupid challenges and, and sort of just lived kind of an odd life and, and, um, and force myself always to, to take those challenges and to try to be self-driven, you know, self-purposed. But I learned it, you know, I, I wasn't born this way. I think anyone can learn it, it's just a question of how much do you want to learn it? How much are you willing to go outside of your comfort zone? Um, how, you know, how much are you willing to take the risk? Um, and I think when you start taking that risk, you realise that the only real risk is not taking the risk, right? And if that, that's the certainty, that, that's more than risk, that's certainty that you will be bored, your life will be probably, you won't be happy with it because it will be kind of meaningless, you won't be doing the purpose you want to do, um, you won't have a purpose. So that's the certainty. So I would say always take the risk, always, always, always take the risk because the, the, you may then get something out of it. You may not, but you may, whereas the other path, you definitely won't get anything out of it. So you must take the risk, you must choose adversity. How do you define grit? I think um, I think a definition of grit would probably come down to the um, ability not to complain um, because you can probably do anything you set your mind to and people do do amazing stuff all the time um, but the one the, the kind of the ones that you say have grit are the, the ones who don't complain they just do it they just go yeah right I'm just gonna do it and, and they, whatever it is they would agree to it it may absolutely suck and they may hate it but they won't complain about it um, and people complain about everything all the time in daily life and it's like ridiculous things like especially in London you know one of my pet things is in the tubes you go down to the tubes and you know you, you look at the thing and it says uh, next tube like six minutes and you see so many people on the on the platform be like oh six minutes Jesus. it's six minutes it's six minutes people six minutes I think you can chill for six minutes um, but people complain about even that you know it's just ridiculous so so I think learn not to complain um, and once you once you have that philosophy of just catch, go for a day and, and catch yourself whenever you complain and think, okay, just don't complain. And you realize then that actually life is much better, much easier, and that you can do a lot more, and you're probably willing to do more because you'll just be more positive about engaging with stuff. So grit, I think, is probably just down to not complaining and just getting on with it. Makes you an easier person to work with as well. Um, and, and jumping off stuff aside, what is your favorite exercise? 
Well, I guess, you know, the, the, the sort of easy answer is parkour, because parkour is a variable movement pattern of training. It's just variable movement training, right? So, um, so parkour, I guess, is my, is my favorite exercise. But uh, within that, I've got lots of different sort of exercise uh, sort of blocks. We break it down, I guess, into, into like blocks or like, you know, building blocks of movement that we train I suppose um, and I like um, for me the ones that are kind of the, the staples that I always come back to are things like um, uh, rail precision so that's, that's jumping and landing on railings um, with precision and trying to hold it because I think that trains huge amount in that one it trains power for the jump it trains bal balance, mobile balance when you land it trains proprioception it trains you know, your accuracy it trains your core stability and all that I mean so much that it trains it just that one single movement um, and also I like the muscle up you know on the bar because I think that's just for the upper body there's probably nothing better pulling and pushing chains its function gets you up and over something fantastic so take home message from speaking to Dan do what you love you'll never work a day in your life yeah, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's the close. Okay, come on over up. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm a huge fan of parkour, like I said, and that was really, really cool. Nice um, cool. Yeah, you know. The, the whole idea about functional movement is something that I know is really big to you. I mean, that's the whole idea with uh, Spartan Race, getting people out there moving like we're supposed to move. Not like those old days in the gym where you're just lifting weights and, yeah. right? Uh, well, the funny thing is, like he says, <laughs> 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 but like he says, that's not even the old days. That's even the gyms are, there weren't gyms 100 years ago. They it didn't were vines. exist. Because you're out doing there stuff, you go. right? And so, and, no, but except for you, the rewilding expert. I mean, you're all about getting people back out in nature, doing things in a natural yeah. way, right? I think I think it's primal movement, you know? And I think a lot of the times we think that we need to go into a gym, but actually you can just totally utilize your landscape. I have a friend who um, uses rocks, as just rocks he finds out as, uh, as weight resistance or goes and runs off trees. And if you look out in the natural Is environment... No, <laughs> my friend McGee, a great person. But um, no, I, I think it's true. If you guys ever saw the movie Tank Girl, right? They're the Rippers, and then they have this underground lair. This is another, it's another good reference. I'm sure people will, you know. <laughs> but but it, it, I mean, when you can move in that animal-like primal way, I mean, not only can you get away from any situation you need to get away from, and it, it makes. I don't know. It just makes your landscape like a playground. Right? I'm going to get the curls back for a second here. I'm, I'm laughing at. The only guy who didn't know what parkour was decided right. to take a shot at you, yeah, right. the old gym guy. You know about parkour. You're oh, yeah. a fan. No, listen, I, I stumbled across it on YouTube years ago yeah. and was just fascinated by it, to yeah. watch those guys. And, and quite frankly, it's it's in our culture quite a bit, in our movies anyway. Oh, sure. They had parkour in Lone Survivor. They've had it in multiple James Bond movies where they do the chase scenes. Yeah. No, uh, I've been around parkour for years, but I didn't know it was called parkour. It was where cops were chasing people sure. in Queens, where I grew up. That was <laughs> <laughs> no, we you learn how to yeah. jump over a fence a smoother way and all yeah. that. But, right. but that yeah. wasn't parkour. It wasn't a sport. Yeah. No. The, I mean, well, but, but now there was Spartan Race a sport, right? Now Thro Spartan. Throwing spears and climbing over barbed wire? Or well, under? Spartan Race has been around for, you know, since 500 since BC. Since 431. <laughs> 431, 431. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he also talked in there about fear and having to overcome your fear. And yeah. he talked about he's another guy who started young in life but was exposed. He was a mar uh, mixed martial artist, and he did all of that, and he went to Japan and trained, but came back and kind of, again, kind of found this thing. But even with all that background, he became used to the one fear, the fighting, and all that can happen to you in fighting. And so you become comfortable in that environment. We've talked about being uncomfortable, you yeah. know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. So he moved over to this other sport where the very first jump, he didn't think he could do it. And we yeah. talked incrementally, just 
Okay. over and over and over and over again till you master that one movement that one jump and how to overcome that fear and that's you know that that's in anything in life right but yeah. he was craving that fear which is the interesting thing that i got from it right he was saying this is something that i felt when i was in combat and i haven't felt it until then that was a a sensation that he missed right so how often are these people who are pushing themselves wanting to be reminded of sensations that make them right it, it is it's exactly yeah. what you just said feeling uncomfortable they love it they right. live for it and it's funny because we think of these people as fearless man i wish i had the courage to go do the things they do they're not fearless at all exactly as you said they've just found that fear mastered it found that fear mastered it but they always find that next little bit of fear that's that's where you live right in that in that yeah. edge and yeah. um so these things that these guys are doing that to us look just unbelievable they've learned their <coughs> way up to that and it's i i've, I've talked to parkour, parkour guys you say what we do is incredibly safe because we've trained for it. I will tell you, um, I, when I was racing a lot in the adventure races and I was out there for, let's call it eight, nine days, um, you're skipping from rock to rock during those races. You're doing a lot of the stuff you do on a daily basis just to get to your teepee. And um, in the beginning, you're slipping on the rocks. You can't get your balance. Within a year or two, um, I remember I did a race in Fiji, in the interior of Fiji, which is not what we all think. It's not white beaches or anything. It's raining. It's cold. It's jungle and untouched. There's no cars or TVs or you'd love it. <laughs> and, um, and I had bike shoes only because uh, one of the Fijians had stolen my shoes before the race started. So I had to do the race for eight and a half days in bike shoes, which are very hard to walk in. And I'm skipping on rocks because for the last year and a half, two years, we had been out doing that and it just was comfortable. Because your baseline changed. Yeah, so I think, I think uh, yes, it looks crazy jumping from buildings, right, and hopping over things and doing the tucks and the rolls. But um, like you said, if you do it every day. Yeah, I, I, a guy that I heard was brilliant. He said, if I put a two by four on the ground and it were on the ground, you could walk back and forth across it 100 times out of 100. If I put it three feet up in the air, you could still do it. You'd wobble a little bit, but you could do it 100 times out of 100. Well, why, when I put 100 feet in the air, won't you do it? And we introduce these doubts and these fears right. that, that don't need to be there. Blindfold it. Sure, yeah, there right. you go, exactly. There, there, there's that new edge <laughs> that Dan Edwards can find. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's risk because the risk rises. Yeah. You, know, you know, as you get higher, the risk is greater. Sure. So the risk drives the fear. Yeah. The risk yeah. enters your brain. But, yeah. You know, but he also talked about never losing the fear, that you can't become so complacent sure. that you do, that you'll make one of those jumps. There's still fear has to be an yeah. element. It's... It's like uh, fighting for milk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to have Where it because it's, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to learn more about what we do, what we've done, and where we're going, uh, you can check out John, Dr. Johnny. You can check out... Uh, Lawn mower Lawn Sevra. Hey. I already said that. <laughs> I'll do it for myself. Lawn mower Sevra. And... <laughs> <laughs> and the and colonel, colonel and the colonel. Right. The colonel's got an interactive corner on the site, which is really interesting. It's won all kinds of awards. <laughs> Things getting better and better. <laughs> and uh, and we'll see you soon. SpartanUpPodcast.com. <laughs>